Buglers, we are live from Leicester Square Theatre on the 16th of September with Chris Addison and Alice Fraser. It might be our only London date of the year, so get your tickets now. Oh, get them at thebuglepodcast.com. That, that bit's important. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to issue two of the Bugle Ashes Zoltzcast. I am Andy Zoltzman, and where the stats lead... I follow. This is the podcast that every day of every test match brings you the very latest from the 2023 Ashes Summer and the stats that no one else can be asked to look up. Sorry, fascinating statistical insights to help illustrate and explain what's been happening. We also bring you everything else that can be fitted into about six or seven minutes every morning of every test match. I've chosen that time span because it's basically the time taken for a seam bowler to get through and over in modern test cricket. Not like the old days, of course, but as you know, if you've seen old black and white footage of people walking around... Everyone was in more of a hurry in those days. People do claim it's because of different frame rates on old film. That is pure hogwash. People just got a wriggle on because life expectancy was shorter, so they showed a bit of hustle. I digress. Well, day one of the series, and well, it did live up to the hype. This is the must-see box-set drama of the summer, and it was action-packed. I mean, not as much nudity as a lot of TV series cram into their first episodes to try and get people watching, but other than that, no complaints. In answer to the question everyone was asking before the series... Will the way Stokes' England play work against this Australian team? The definitive answer is, we still don't know. England, 393 for 8, declared. Declared? De- declared on day one of an act? Declared? Stokes' England did not so much tear up the rule book as shred it, eat it, regurgitate it when it's half digested into a malleable state, and then make a paper mache statue of a giant alien android WG Grace karate chopping a pyramid in half. Anyway, 393 for 8 declared, Australia 14 for naught. It was, in some ways, a, a, a curious day. The pitch might have been computer-generated for Baz Balian batting. The Critviz data showed there was less lateral movement for the seamers than in the first 80 overs of any first innings in England, and that data goes back to the dawn of time, or 2006, whichever is more recent. Zach Crawley, who had been rumoured to be the official stand-in for U2's next stadium tour, should their regular guitarist, The Edge, be unable to play for any reason, clobbered the first ball of the series majestically for four from one of the premier fast bowlers of the millennium. England sprinted along at five and over, played fewer dot balls in the first 40 overs of a test match than any team in test history and the data on that is available for more than 2,000 of the two and a half thousand odd test matches played so I'm going to say it's a record because it's way closer to a definitive fact than 99.94% of things that claim to be facts these days. For the first time in Ashes history, Both Australian opening bowlers had their first balls hit for four. Scott Boland took the first pasting of his thus far incredible test career. Pat Cummins went wicketless in the first innings for only the second time in his last 32 tests. Nathan Lyon conceded more runs than any bowler has ever conceded in the first 80 overs of a test in England. Joe Root hit four sixes the third time in his last four test innings. He's cleared the ropes at least three times, having done so only once in his entire illustrious career until then. Crawley was sumptuous and certain 
Everton, which you don't always say about his batting, until he got out to one of the few naughty balls of the day from Boland. Harry Brook again looked like he might be the defining batting talent of his generation. Johnny Bairstow looked like he could score a 200-ball triple century, gloriously violent and precise as he was last summer. And Moeen Ali hit a six so elegant it could raise the dead from their graves to say... Shot. Australia's fielding was a little bit shoddy. Their tactics at times looked passive and confused. In short, Australia took an absolute battering. And ended the day probably on top. Strange times, strange cricket. They probed away. Nathan Lyon was, was superb. England donated some wickets to the cause, as will generally happen given the pact they've made with the cricketing gods. So it's hard to be too critical, but they really could have got a massive score just by reining it in. A little. Can I say that in these Baz Balak times? I'm not sure I can. And at the end of the day, in real terms, Australia had bowled England out on one of the most batting-friendly, make that batting amorous pitches imaginable for, in effect, 379. In summary, cricket has changed and it was a captivating, fluctuating day, pretty much everything we'd hoped for from the start of this series. Today, day two, we will see if England's bowling and Stokes' captaincy can find a way to concoct wickets from apparently unhelpful conditions, which they generally do, superbly so in Pakistan, but not in the second innings against New Zealand on a flattening pitch in Wellington when Anderson, Broad and Robinson took a combined two wickets in 79 overs and New Zealand fought back to win by one run after following on. Phrase that should be banned from cricket. It looks a good pitch. No, what you mean is, it looks a good pitch for batting. Those are the crucial words in that phrase. A good pitch for batting. Stat of the day. Alex Carey took his second stumping of the day in just the 66th over. That's the earliest that two batters have been outstumped in a men's test in England since Tip Foster and Tom Hayward were stumped by South Africa's Percy Sherwell off the bowling of Bert Vogler at Lords in 1907. Some names to conjure with for fans of pre-First World War cricket. It was the first time there had been two stumpings in the first innings of an Ashes test since 1989 when Jack Russell stumped Mark Taylor and David Boone at Trent Bridge, Australia collapsing from 430 for one to a perilous 502 for three thanks to the Gloucestershire magician's glove work. England had failed to take a wicket on the first day in that game. Sorry, I'm getting terrible flashbacks to one of the most traumatic times of my teenage years. Then before that you've got to go back to pre-war legends Les Ames and Bert Oldfield for the previous instances of keepers with two stumpings in innings one of an Ashes test. Other stat of the day. This was the third time that England have batted first in their four tests this year and the third time that Stokes has declared after batting for fewer than 100 overs. In the 545 previous times that England have batted first in a test, they declared after under 100 overs a total of four times and only once since World War II when Ray Illingworth against Pakistan at Lords in 1971 uh, declared in a rain-ruined game to try to make something happen. Only one captain in test history has declared in the opening innings of a test after batting for fewer than 100 overs more than once in their entire test skippering career. That was New Zealand's Stephen Fleming and Stokes has now done it in three consecutive opportunities. 
Thank you for listening to today's Bugle Ashes Zoltzcast. If you've enjoyed the show, do tell all your friends and relatives about it. Uh, tell your enemies and total strangers about it too, if you feel so inclined. I'll be back tomorrow with all the numbers from what will no doubt be a fascinating day two, or a day in which Marnus and Steve Smith bat until the end of time itself. Plus, we'll have a special guest from the other side. I don't mean Australia, I mean the other side. That's if I can get the Bugle Ouija board to start working. You can hear me on Test Match Special, which I've been reliably informed is available around the world if you ask very nicely, or if you find it on YouTube or another cranny of the internet. I've been Andy Zaltzman. Until tomorrow, goodbye, and may the cricket be with you.